0: thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening everyone welcome to Part three of Stay Positive Now, the whole premise behind this series is, is, is fairly straightforward and it 's this is that as people who believe in God and people who follow Christ, we have so much to, to, to be thankful for. We have so much reasons, so much reasons, so many reasons to have a positive and hopeful outlook on life. And that's really the whole reason why we started this, uh, this entire series. And so in week one, we looked at this idea, a key element to staying positive is staying hopeful. Having a positive and hopeful outlook on your life. And then last week, I hope you guys enjoyed last week, we touched on the idea of gratitude. Gratitude. Now, I'm going to go ahead and share with you sort of my relationship with, with positivity and a positive outlook on life. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a, a you know, a, a Debbie Downer or a or Delano Downer, if you will. I, you know, I, I, but I will say this. Like, I generally have a positive outlook on life. I generally, you know, I, I'm generally not a negative person. I definitely try to watch complaining, that's for sure. I don't know that I'm great at it, but I definitely try to watch it. But, and I don't know if any of you are like this, but every once in a while, I get in these moods, I get in these moods where it's like, no matter how much good stuff is going on, I just find the, the, I just find a way to make it negative. I just find a way to bring down, like I could be invited, you know, I could be invited to a party right? I can be invited to a gathering, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't even want to go. I don't want to talk to them. I got to have conversations. You know, the food's probably not going to be good, and it's going to, you know, we're probably going to be out too late, and uh, that means I'm going to have to go to bed late, and I love my sleep, and if I don't get enough sleep, then my whole next day is going to be ruined. If my next day is going to... Basically, going to this thing is going to ruin everything, all right? Like, I get in these modes. I get in these moods, and I don't know, and don't, maybe don't raise your hand, but... I'm I don't know if any of you ever have felt like that. You just get in these moods. You try to snap out of it. And then of course, my wife, my wife is probably one of the most positive people out there to see her negative. is like seeing a unicorn, right? Like it is, it is incredibly, incredibly rare to see her negative. And then if you ever get in those moods, like I get into every once in a while, again, this isn't my life. This isn't my whole outlook on life. It's just, I just get this way sometimes. And it's so hard to snap me out of it. And of course, my my wife, Miss Positivity over there, is like trying to trying to snap me out of it. She's trying to get me out of it, right? She, she she's hey, you know what? It's going to be great. You don't even have to talk that much. I'll do all the talking. I'm sure the food's going to be fine. We'll just eat. You know, she's super positive. And then of course, and maybe this is more more guys if you if you've ever felt like this, but. Miss positivity, because she's being so positive, now I'm more annoyed, and I'm just looking for more things to be negative about. Like, you positive people, every once in a while, we just want you to be negative with us, okay? We don't want you to be positive. We just be negative with us, okay? Just just throw us a bone, please. Just every once in a while. But, but, but that's her. Now, again, this isn't my whole outlook on life, but I, I do fine. I don't know if it's my personality type. I don't know what it is. Maybe I got some kind of imbalance. I don't know, but I just know that that's where I get sometimes. So I, I thought I'd share this with you. Um, I brought this in today. This fan's blowing up my shirt a little bit. I brought this in today. You're welcome, ladies. And I'm, just, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. It's so funny because we're about to get into a sermon on pride in just a second. That's horrible. That is horrible. What was I saying? Um... So I wanted to bring this and share this with you guys, and it's so fitting that last week we focused on the idea of gratitude, but in light of of my bad habit of getting those funky moods sometimes, I started this, and this is something I've been doing for I'd say about the last six months or so. So this is a new journal here. So it's not, I don't have a ton of stuff in here. And I know you can't see it, but if you were to look closely, what you would see is there's a date for morning and there's a, or I'm sorry, there's a, uh, there's a marking for morning and there's a marking for evening and then of course a date next to it. And basically what I've started is what's called a gratitude journal and in this journal i sit down in the morning i try to force myself to do it and i basically just go through in my mind things that i'm thankful for so pretty much it always starts with god i thank you for da 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 and of course if i'm in those bad moods then it's it's tough and i'm reaching right i'm i like i can't think of anything i don't know god i thank you for air you know i don't i thank you for you know i don't even know but But what I found is this, is as I force myself to do this and as I continue to write, it's like a snowball effect. It just keeps spilling over on itself. And then all of a sudden, I find myself having to stop because of time, not because I I have run out of things to to be thankful for, but because of time. I'm trying to limit it to five or 10 minutes of it, trying to make it more of a habit so it's not consuming my whole life. But it's incredibly, incredibly powerful for getting me out of those moods um, of being negative because having a positive attitude on life is so incredibly important. And scripture has so much to say about a positive mindset, but it also has so many reasons for us to be positive. Now, there's a key element to staying positive that I want to touch on today. And the key element today is probably the more difficult one um, out of, out of most of them, if, if not all of them. And the one today is probably one that we have all struggled with on a regular basis. And the key element to positivity today that I want to talk about is humility. It's humility. And again, I told you, this one's probably the most challenging. And here's why it's the most challenging. The reason humility is most challenging is because as human beings, it's way too easy to default to the opposite. It's way too easy. There's something about just our human nature that wants to default to an attitude of pride. Now, of course, maybe you, as soon as I said that, maybe there's a small part of you inside is like, I'm not prideful. That's probably your first sign right there. That's probably your first sign. I've always been told the way that you can tell if you're prideful is if you see it in somebody else and it actually bothers you. That's probably a good indicator of how prideful we are. But it is. It's so easy for us to fall into a lifestyle and an attitude of pride. And humility is such a key factor in staying positive. I'll put it like this. Again, it's so easy for for us to fall into pride. Um, a few years ago, uh, uh, actually, I guess this was about ten years ago. Gosh, is that long ago? You ever do that? That was a long time ago. So, a long time ago, um, I met this guy. We became really, really good friends, right? But through the course of our friendship, and 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 maybe you've experienced this before too. But through the course of our friendship, our friendship again, great guy, right? We got along. I mean, you know, th- things were going good. But over the course of our friendship. Our friendship became one big competition. Anybody ever have friends like that? Like, you got that, that one friend, like, you love them, but you want to punch them a lot. Right? Like, you, you love them, but you hate them at the same time. Right? Like, you love them, and, and, but whenever you see them, you know, do something a little bit better than you, you're like, gosh, that's annoying. Right so, so this is so my my friendship with this guy became that right unfortunately, you know i don 't know if i wasn 't mature enough that 's probably the case you know i don 't know if we both struggle with pride, and so we just decided after years of friendship, we just decided, you know what it 's probably a better idea that we 're just not hanging out all the time and and, 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 and there, again, I, it sounds funny, it sounds like a breakup right. It was a cordial breakup between me and my man friend okay but <laughs> But here's the thing, fast forward a couple years later, um, I get into doing these these mud runs. You guys ever heard of these mud runs? They're 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 crazy. You go, you run, you know, three, four, six, eight miles, and, and you're you're jumping and crawling through mud, you're jumping over barbed wire, you're spinning, flipping, you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know why I do it. It's 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 dumb. But I do it and I actually do really, really enjoy it. So there's one going on about a year ago uh that I that I joined. I bring a couple friends, and as I'm getting ready. For this mud run, you go, you sign in, you get your number, you're you're getting ready. They corral everybody together to go launch off into this run. Guess who I see? That guy, right? Now, here's the thing. My friend or or ex-friend, I don't know what we would call him, but my friend... You know, I saw him, and it was cordial. I said, hey, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. What's been going on? You know, that awkward five minutes where you're trying to catch up on all of life right away, right? So we're doing that little bit of awkward conversation. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you got a serious girlfriend now. Yeah, I'm married now. da 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 So we're going over this conversation, and we go, oh, hey, it's, all right, man, I'll see you. Maybe, maybe I'll catch you later, something like that. So we go our separate ways, and then all of a sudden, I get into my corral, my time slot, certain time slot. Guess who's in my time slot? That guy, Right? So the gun goes off, we go running, we go running, and, and, and I'm going to confess to you, okay, I'm going to be open and honest with you, I think that's important, you guys got to promise not to judge me, this is say it, we won't judge you, thank you, I appreciate that, you won't judge me, so as soon as we get out the gate, and I don't know why this happened, I wasn't thinking about it, it wasn't conscious of me, but the second I passed him, I felt this feeling of happiness just come over my life. I don't, again, I hadn't seen him in years. I mean, just, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I'm telling you this. So we're running. I'm feeling good. I'm going for a good time. You know, people are cheering you on these things if you're ever interested. They are fun. I know I made them sound crazy, but they are fun, right? About halfway through the race, about halfway through the race, we get through to like this mud pit. I know it sounds gross, but it's a lot of fun. And what you have to do is you have to jump through a tunnel, and in this tunnel at the bottom, there's just mud, barbed wire, so you jump face down in the mud, and you got to crawl, right? you got to crawl. So it gets a little bottlenecked, so you're trying to go. I jump through the tunnel. I hit the mud, and I'm crawling, and I'm crawling, and I feel something kind of like like nudge me. Right? And I'm looking around, because you're trying to be polite, not kick mud in everybody else's faces, flailing around. And all of a sudden, I look to my right, that guy, just crawling, just crawling, knocking people over, getting to the side, gets to the and just takes off. Just takes off ahead of me. And there was something about that moment that ruined the race for me. And, and here's the thing. Nothing had changed about the race. I was making good time. I was with great friends. I mean, I've done these before. But even after years, I still felt this pride come up inside me. Why couldn't I have just been happy for him? Why couldn't it have just been good to see him? It's so easy for us to fall to the default of pride. And here's the thing about pride. The thing about pride is this: Pride gets no satisfaction in accomplishing something. Pride gets no satisfaction in having something. Pride gets no satisfaction in having something. Pride only gets satisfaction out of having more than the next person. Pride only gets satisfaction out of accomplishing more than the next person. And the thing about pride is because of that, it has a way of creeping into every single area of our lives. Because when you look at your lives, you can make just about anything a competition, right? You can make just about anything. I mean, you can, you know, shoes, watches, hair. I mean, anything you wanted, you could make a competition, which brings me to my next point on pride is that pride itself is essentially competitive. I mean, this is the essence of pride. Pride itself is essentially competitive. And here's the thing. As we learn to develop the attitude of humility, it will help us so much in life to continue to stay positive, to continue to have a hopeful outlook on life. And here's why. Here's why. Because if we continue to default to our natural instinct, which is pride, if we continue to default, which is our natural instinct, pride, then what will end up happening is this. We will constantly be in this rat race of always trying to one up the next person. We'll constantly be in this rat race of trying to one up, trying to better than, trying to outspend, trying to lift more, trying to get more, trying to run more. Whatever it is, whatever your thing is, we will always try to do more than the next person. We'll never learn to enjoy things for what they are. We will only learn to try, or we will only learn to enjoy things for when we're on top. And here's the problem with that. Here's one of the biggest problems with that. There will always be Somebody richer than you, faster than you, smarter than you, better looking than you. There will always be somebody running up right behind you who's just a little bit, got just a little bit more of an edge than we do. And if we constantly attach our our attitude and our outlook on life to our pride, and two, trying to do better than others, then we'll constantly be trying to work. Life will be nothing but a rat race, rat race, trying to work through, trying to work through, trying to work through. And the thing is, the thing is this. Even if you do find yourself on top, even if you do find yourself with the most, even if you do find yourself the best looking, smartest, you know, person, best hair like I have, you know, whatever it is, I'm just saying, whatever you're thinking. Even if you find yourself on, I'm totally joking. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the totally joking. Listen, even if you find yourself on top. Your life then becomes nothing more than worrying about the kid behind you who's just a little bit younger, a little bit faster, trying to take your spot. This is why oftentimes you find people who were broke become wealthy, and once they became wealthy, they were actually worrying a lot more than when they were broke. Why? Because now it's all about having more than the next person. Now it's all about having more than the next person. Pride is the reason when I go into the gym, I'm looking around at what everybody else is lifting pride is the reason when i go into the gym i do my lift and i'm content and happy with my lift and then you know hulk beast over here comes and does his lift, slaps on a thousand more pounds than i have and all of a sudden i'm not happy with my lift anymore Pride is essentially competitive, taking my joy, taking my positivity out of what I accomplished just because the guy next to me accomplished a little bit more. Pride is the reason that when you go out to your car in the morning, you start your car, everything is fine, everything is wonderful. Then you get into the parking lot and you see all the other cars and your car just looks a little bit older than it used to. Your car just looks a little bit dirtier than it used to. All of a sudden, scratches are just jumping up a little bit more than they used to. Why? Because pride is essentially competitive. Pride Pride is the reason why we look at our investment portfolio. I got two rental properties, and I'm happy. I am content. They're bringing in money. Things are good. Then, of course, you listen to the guy who's like, yeah, I got 10 in one day. I'm so good at this, right? He got 10 in one day, and all of a sudden, he's like, I got to go get more. I got to go get more. I got to go get more. the reason why oftentimes a lot of us overextend ourselves financially. When you think about the things that we buy, I bet oftentimes it wouldn't be because we necessarily wanted the thing. It's because we wanted more than the next person. And if you guys took an honest look at yourself and I took an honest look at myself, if we took an honest look at our lives, how many things in our life are we doing? Not because we enjoy them. Not because we're getting, you know, pleasure out of it. Not because we're getting joy out of it. Simply because we are struggling with pride. Pride and humility. If we can get an attitude of humility, it will do such a big, it'll have such a big impact on our outlook on life. So then the question is, how do I get an attitude of humility, Delano? Well, I'm glad you asked. All right. So, Paul, the Apostle Paul, gives us a great illustration on how to develop an attitude of humility. And I got to set a little context for you here. So the context is this. Paul had established the church in Corinth. He had established the church of Corinthians. All right. Now, Paul establishes the church of Corinthians, and then he goes on and travels and does his ministering and, and, and travels out of the land and does his own thing. And as he's doing his own thing, other ministers come into the church of Corinthians and start ministering to the church of Corinthians. Good thing, right? We want that. But the problem is, as other ministers are coming in and ministering to the church of Corinthians, you have the church, you have people in the church starting to get connected with those particular ministers. Again, nothing wrong there. Here's where the problem sets in. As people start to get connected with these ministers and these preachers and these pastors as they're coming in through the church of Corinthians, as they start getting connected, they start using their relationship with whoever they're connected with as a power play. So all of a sudden, now you have the church saying, you know what? Two specific guys, Apollos, And Cephas, also known as Peter, you have this church identifying, with. you know what, I'm all about Apollos, I'm all about this guy, I'm all about, you know, him, when he ministers, I show up to church that day, when he's not there, I just get out of town. And maybe maybe some of you feel like this, and I don't know if that's the case, maybe you're disappointed Pastor Todd's not here, I don't know. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're happy that I'm up here, this kid's talented, and he's incredible, you know, he's incredibly good looking. You know, let's get him on stage a little bit more, in which case, I'm glad you're here. But... (laughs) But what's the, but but the unfortunate thing is they're utilizing this as a power play. And, of course, like I said, pride is essentially competitive. So all of a sudden it becomes a, you know what, when this guy comes to town, I'm all about this guy. And then, oh, you got other half of the church, and they're thinking, you know what, when Paul's back in town, I'm all about Paul. And how could you turn your back on Paul? He established this church. It's like, no, 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 Paul, he's a better preacher. He's better looking. He's younger. He's the hot new thing. I'm all about him. Like, And this is what happens. You have division in the church because they're utilizing this as a power play. Paul catches wind of this. He hears about this. He's like, "Oh no, that can't be happening! I got to address this. I have to address this." But the thing that happens is Paul recognizes that it's not just about the ministers coming in, and it's not just about identifying with the ministers. Because again, there's nothing wrong with that. I have speakers that I enjoy. There's other speakers that I'm sure you enjoy. That you know, I, there's nothing wrong with identifying with the preacher or with the speaker. But as he sees the competition and as he sees the division, he's starting to recognize. You know what? i got to get to the root of this thing. I can't just address this. I have to get to the root of this thing. And in, the, in, in him getting and addressing to the root of this thing, we see an incredible formula for living a life of humility. So let's go ahead and start. This is what the Bible says in Corinthians. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. For everything belongs to you. Don't boast. Listen, don't make this a power play. All right? You guys have let pride creep into your hearts. Do not let this be a a power play. Just because you identify with this person, just because you identify with this person, does not mean anything. For everything belongs to you, whether Paul or apollos or peter or cephas or the word or life and death or the present and the future everything belongs to you and you belong to christ and christ belongs to god listen don't make this a power play you have everything you need you are christ followers there is nothing better than that quit using this as a power play but again he is recognized and Paul has recognized that they have lost an attitude of humility, and pride has crept up into their hearts. Again, pride is a way of creeping up into every area of our lives, even the way we identify with speakers and ministers. Right? So Paul is recognized he says, okay, I need to teach them, and I need to show them, and I need to be a model of what humility actually looks like. Next verse. So look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. So is, okay, listen, listen, let's get one thing straight. Let me start off. Let me put this in proper context. Whether me or Apollos, I want you guys to recognize us as simply mere servants of Christ. I don't want you to elevate us any higher. I don't want you to do that. We are simply mere servants of Christ. And then, he, and then he goes on to say something that probably sounded a little offensive to them. But again, it is a key element into developing an attitude of humility. So this is what he goes on to say. Now, a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful to say, okay, listen, listen, listen. I need to be faithful. Apollos needs to be faithful. Don't, 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 don't let us get away with that. But as for me, this is Paul talking. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or any human authority. This is essentially where Paul turns to the Corinthians and he says, listen, listen you guys are using me as a power play. You got to stop that. I'm a servant of Christ. Apollo is a servant. Apollos is a servant of Christ. Stop comparing us. Stop elevating us, excuse me, higher than we are. He goes, but in addition to that, just so you guys know, this this is, this is Paul talking. Just so you guys know, I actually could care less what you guys think of me. Like, just so you know, it doesn't really mean anything to me when you guys lift me up higher than I am, because really your opinion of me doesn't, matter now in culture this is where we would stop in culture this is where we would say you know what you go paul you know what this is that's that's the attitude i need to have you know what as long as i set my own standards and i meet those standards who cares what anybody else thinks and as long as i don't care what anybody else thinks i won't be comparing myself to anyone it does not matter this is the part in the sitcom where you got the the person in the back mm-hmm. you know this is the part this is the part where everybody cheers and claps you go paul well, you go, Paul, this is, you know what, who cares what they think? You set your own standards. You set your own standards. You live up to those standards. There's no comparing. There's none of that going on. As long as you're meeting your own standards, then you will be happy. And then he completely flips it on us. He completely flips it on us. He only gives us one element, and then he completely flips it on us uh, in terms of an attitude of humility. And this is what he says. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. Don't really care what you guys think is what he says. And I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, Paul, wait a minute. So you're telling me that you don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm on board with that. I like that. As a matter of fact, some of us in here, the prideful part likes that. Because now what we're saying is your opinion doesn't even matter. Like, I'm too, I'm so good, I don't even listen to other people's opinions, right? He's like, no, no, uh, your, your your opinion actually doesn't matter to me. But here's the thing. My opinion of me doesn't matter to me. Awesome. Wait a minute, Paul. So you're saying, because I was under the impression that now you told me to set my own standards. Don't worry. Don't listen to the haters. Don't worry about what anybody else is saying. Set my own standards. Meet those standards. And Paul's saying, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, I don't care what you think about me, but I don't really care that much about what I think about me. Sounds a little confusing, right? Like, so then, Paul, what am I, what am I supposed to do? If, if, if I'm not supposed to listen to the people out there, and I'm not supposed to set my own standard, what do I do? Well, this is what he says to do. And this is the key element. This is the key element to an attitude of humility. My conscience is clear. But that doesn't prove I'm right again. He's just saying, listen, I have a clear conscience, but that doesn't even make a difference. That's not what's important. A clear con because I could do a whole bunch of bad things and still feel pretty good about myself. So just a clear conscience. That's not a standard either. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. He has come to the conclusion that it does not matter what other people think of him. He has come to the conclusion that it does not matter what he even thinks of him. He has come to the conclusion that the only opinion that ever matters is what God thinks of us, is what God has done for us. Because what Paul has realized, Paul has realized that... As Christ followers, as people who believe in God and people who have put their put their faith in Christ and people who have decided to follow Christ, at that moment, at the moment we believe, God inputs Christ's perfect performance on our life. Not by any works or any doing of our own, but only because of his grace and because of his mercy. What more justification could Paul need? What more justification could I need? What more justification could you need? What could we possibly accomplish that is any greater than that? What could we possibly accomplish? What could we possibly do that is any greater than that? Paul has gotten to a point. He has gotten to a point. Again, I don't really care what you think about me. I don't care what I think about me. The only opinion that matters is God's and his opinion. Paul has gotten to a point where he has realized, you know what? I'm not even going to think much about myself. Which is how we get to the true essence of humility. This is the true essence of humility. The true essence of humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself. It is simply thinking of myself less. Now that's worth the price of admission right there. So please, if you're a note taker, write that down. True, the true essence of humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself. It is simply thinking of myself less. Cause we're already really good at that. We're already really good at thinking more of ourselves, right? But again, we already discussed early in this sermon, that is, that is part of the problem. But again, the answer is not thinking any less of ourselves. The answer is not beating ourselves up. The answer is not saying we're, we're, we're less than. No, no, no. You are a child of God. <laughs> Listen, you were created in his image. You are incredible. You are awesome. But we are awesome not because of anything we've done. We are awesome because of what he has done for us. All right? So the answer is not the answer is not think any less of myself. The answer is not think any more of myself. The answer is simple. The answer is I simply get to a place where I'm thinking of myself less. I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Humility is when we have the ability to stop connecting every conversation and every moment with ourselves. Humility is when we have the ability to stop connecting every conversation and every moment with ourselves. Here's what true humility would look like. Let me give you guys an example. And I wish this was an original idea, but it's not. Some of you may know where this is from. But true humility would look something like this. Let's suppose you were at a party, and you came across a humble person. Somebody who, who, who was genuinely humble. You would not walk away from that conversation or that interaction thinking to yourself, wow, that, that person was really humble. That's, that's amazing, right? You would actually walk away from that conversation and that interaction thinking to yourself, wow, that person was really interested in me. That person actually had a lot or cared a lot about what I had to say. And this is the true essence of humility to stop connecting every conversation, to stop connecting every moment with ourselves. Imagine the freedom in that. Imagine the freedom. I'm almost done here. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm almost. Imagine the freedom of being able to exit the rat race. Imagine the weight off your shoulders of being able to say, you know what? I'm just happy for them. Imagine the freedom to be able to look at your life and be content in what you have. This is what an attitude of humility does. Imagine how much easier it would be to have a hopeful and positive outlook on life if you were able to see your coworker get the promotion. And instead of wishing it was you, you would be able to be happy for them as if it was you. Imagine being in that place. Imagine what humility would do for your relationships. Imagine being in a position. Imagine how much people would actually like being around you. Imagine being in a position where you have developed this attitude of humility, where you are able to celebrate the people who are in your life. And we, we get to a moment, we get to a place, we get to a moment where we're not connecting, where well, we're not connecting every conversation and every moment with ourselves imagine that imagine the rest imagine the weight off your shoulders imagine the freedom of getting to a place like paul who said you know what i don't really care what they think about me but at the same time i don't really care what i think about me either the only opinion that matters is god's and i am justified through him Let me go ahead and pray for you this morning. God, this is so much easier said than done, Lord. So in this moment, help us. In this moment, remind us, God, that when we leave this place, we have a very real world, God, very real interactions with our coworkers, with our friends, and it's too easy for us to fall to our default. For whatever reason, we have this inside of us. We have this pride inside of us. We have these things inside of us, God. But help us to be a humble people. May we know that freedom of being truly humble humble, God. May we know that freedom of being able to exit the rat race. May we know that freedom of being able to celebrate others and not even connect that moment with ourselves, God. May we know that freedom to be happy for others and not even connect that moment with ourselves, God. And remind us every single day that the true and only opinion that matters is your God, is yours, God. That the only opinion that matters is yours and the only accomplishment that matters god is what you have done for us not anything we can do not anything that we can accomplish but the only thing that matters is your opinion of us and you say you love us god remind us of that every single day lord that is our prayer in jesus name and everyone said amen well thank you guys so much for giving me your attention this morning thanks again for listening to the new beginnings podcast For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.